This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to ER Vet and Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about how to care for young puppies and kittens. We'll be right back after these messages. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. When we put him on the Dynavite, he took right to it. All of these symptoms disappeared. Dynavite is nutrition. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. Something that he actually likes to eat. You need to put him on Dynavite. Dynavite for life. If you love your dog, you don't just want him healthy, you want him to be happy. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm an emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. I practice at Animal Emergency and Referral Center in St. Paul, Minnesota. And during this time of the year, I see a lot of kittens. And that's because it's kitten season. Now, keep in mind, cats can have litters all year round, but we usually see more kittens during this time of the year, during the spring. So if you happen to be an amazing foster or you just found a bunch of baby kittens and their eyes are so closed, this episode of ER Vet is for you. I end up seeing a lot of what we call poor doers in the ER vet. And so these are two to three to four day old kittens or really young puppies. And so really important to know how to care for neonates or pediatric patients during this time of the year. It's going to be a lot different than taking care of an adult animal. And it requires a lot of energy, time, and commitment. And that's because if you've ever had a human kid or you fostered kittens, you have to get up almost every hour to two hours. So let's first of all, just start with defining what is a young kitten or young puppy. Now, I typically define a really young puppy or kitten as a neonate when they're just born up to two weeks of age. From two weeks to six weeks of age, I usually call them an infant. And from six to 12 weeks of age, I usually call them a juvenile patient. Anything less than six months of age is generally considered a pediatric patient. Unfortunately, 50% of all pediatric deaths in puppies typically occurs in the first three days after birth. So if you're about to breed your dog, you want to get one litter out of them, please make sure to talk to your veterinarian about this. I always recommend spaying and neutering to help reduce pet overpopulation. But if you're a breeder who's doing it, absolutely talk to your veterinarian about it to get more information. But you have to be aware that the mortality that we see is usually within the first few days in the young neonate. That said, as an ER specialist, I always say with aggressive supportive care, nursing care, a lot of these small creatures are totally savable. However, why do we see problems to begin with? Well, first of all, just like human neonates, 
Neonates in the form of a kitten or a puppy, they can become really quickly dehydrated or sick or debilitated. And the main reason why is because they're really small, they have very little energy reserves, and they have a really immature immune system. In other words, they may not have nursed to get colostrum from their mother. Maybe the mother's not a good mother and she's not letting them latch on to give them enough milk. Maybe the mother wasn't vaccinated or has some underlying infection like feline leukemia where she could pass that disease onto her kitten. Sometimes there's congenital problems that are found in the neonate. And what that means is they were born with some type of abnormality. You've probably heard of cleft palate or hair lip. These are congenital problems that were inherited. So this is one of the reasons why I see really sick neonates. Now, there's a lot of great resources available on the internet, but I wanted to provide some important information that you have to be aware of. And again, if you are one of those people who's fostering kittens, especially really young ones, and you're bottle feeding them, I can't tell you how much we appreciate that. I really appreciate that because I know how much work it is to bottle feed kittens. And this is usually the scenario where we see orphan kittens that are found. Another reason why I'm such a proponent of spaying and neutering. Now, Another important consideration to keep in mind is neonates have really different physical examination findings from adults. In a normal adult dog or normal adult cat, their temperature is normally 100 degrees to 102.5 degrees. That's totally different with a newborn. Newborn neonates, their temperature is usually 97 to 98 degrees. That's 36 to 37 degrees Celsius. Their heart rate is often much higher. So for a normal cat, their heart rate at home is probably 140 to maybe 180 beats per minute. At the vet clinic, it's more elevated. So it's usually 200 beats a minute. But in a dog, their normal heart rate's anywhere between 50 beats per minute at home to typically 70 to 120 beats per minute at home. Well, in a young neonate, their heart rate's normally 200 beats per minute. Most young puppies and kittens, their eyes are going to be closed. Their ears are going to be closed initially, and they'll open with time, but please don't pry them open without the advice of a veterinarian. What about normal weight? Most kittens will weigh approximately 100 grams at birth, but it's going to be totally different in puppies because it's really going to depend on the breed. For example, if it's a beagle, a puppy is going to weigh about 250 grams, so two and a half times the weight of a kitten. But if it's a Great Dane puppy, it's going to be about 625 grams. So really going to depend on what the original breed was. A couple other physical examination findings that should be present at birth in the young puppy or kitten include a strong suckle reflex. Make sure your hands are clean, especially your pinky. And then what I'll do is I'll actually stick my hand into their mouth as soon as they're born to make sure they can suckle. So they should be sucking on your finger, trying to get milk out. Obviously, they're not going to get milk out of your finger, but you know what I mean. They should also have a strong writing reflex. In other words, if you put them on their back like a turtle, they should be able to write themselves right away. They should also have a strong rooting behavior. In other words, they should try to push their muzzle into your hand if you circle your fingers and they're trying to push forward. And that's a way of trying to search for milk. So these are all normal reflexes that we should see in a really young puppy or a kitten as soon as they're born. Now, a couple other physical examination findings that you need to know about, again, if you're fostering a lot of kittens or if you have a new batch of puppies, is at about two to three days of age, the umbilical cord should fall off. 
Now, most of the time it will just tear naturally and dry off. This will fall off in about two to three days. Depending on the size or the species, most eyes will open between five to 14 days. In dogs and cats, the external ear canals will open at about one week to two weeks, and they can hear normally at about four to six weeks. Puppies and kittens will start to develop their vision around three to four weeks of age. Now, keep in mind that puppies and kittens can feel pain right away, even at birth. And they should be able to walk really well by at about 16 days. They should be crawling by seven to 14 days. Now, depending on the dog or the cat, their baby teeth or their incisors are going to come in at certain time periods. And most of the time, we can age a puppy or kitten based on when their teeth are coming in. Now, if you just rescued a dog or a cat from the shelter and the veterinarian says, oh, they're approximately two years old, to be quite honest, they're probably making it up. Because once it's over 24 weeks of age, it's really hard to age a puppy or a kitten. By one year, all their full set of teeth are in. So it's really hard to age them. We're generally basing it on how much gingivitis they have, what their muscle mass looks like, how clean their teeth are. So again, once they're over a couple of months of age, it's really difficult to be able to age a puppy or a kitten. We'll continue with this really important topic right after these messages from our sponsors. During this COVID-19 pandemic, I'll admit, I've been ordering everything from groceries to disinfectants to cleaners to cosmetics to more online. And of course, I couldn't leave out my dog, who, by the way, is the world's best pit bull ever. He needs some loving too. After all, I've had some great quality time surviving the pandemic, thanks to my own dog and cat, of course. And my godsend, having a pit bull-proof dog toy like the Kong toy. These things are indestructible, and that's why I love my Kong box. When you order a Kong box, you'll get a few toys, delicious treats, and a few recipes to try too. My last Kong box came with its own cheese whiz-like flavor to stuff into the Kong. My dog loves the sweet potato spread Kong stuffing. Even my cat wants to eat it. For my listeners, go to kongbox.com forward slash ervet and get your first box free with your subscription and a dollar donation. If you and your dog don't absolutely love the box, you can cancel your subscription for a small fee, but I doubt you will. You just can't beat the value and convenience of a Kong box subscription. So help a dog in need and your first box is free. Go to kongbox.com forward slash ervet. That's K-O-N-G-B-O-X dot com forward slash ervet. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. We've been talking about what to do and how to care for that neonatal puppy or that kitten. If you're fostering kittens, again, thank you so much for all that you do. It is so much work. Now, if you are expecting a litter or you're about to foster during kitten season, there are a couple key things that you must have at home. First of all, if you have other house pets, please make sure they are healthy and well vaccinated. 
I knew someone who fostered a bunch of kittens and she lived in a huge high rise in New York City and her 19 year old cat came down with horrible life-threatening panleukopenia, which is a really infectious disease because she hadn't vaccinated her cat in almost 16 years. And as a result of the foster kittens, they actually shed the virus to her 19 year old cat. So my number one rule is if you're about to foster a bunch of puppies or a bunch of kittens, you better make sure your own dog and cat or dogs and cats are up to date on vaccines and on heartworm and flea and tick medication because we want to make sure that they're not going to be endangered. What else do you need to do? A must have is a gram scale. Now you can buy this on the internet. You can even use one used for food, but we wanna be able to weigh a neonate two to three times a day because we wanna make sure they're gaining appropriate weight. Now for really young neonates, again, that's a kitten less than two weeks of age, they should gain seven to 10 grams per day, while puppies typically will gain about one gram per pound of anticipated adult weight. In other words, if you know what breed the dog is, you can estimate how much weight they should be gaining. Most of the time in the adoption rescue situation, we have no idea, but you should still be weighing them two to three times a day and documenting it. I'm anal retentive, so I document it in an Excel spreadsheet, but you can use just a regular paper journal to make sure that puppy or that kitten is gaining weight. The second thing you're gonna need is an incubator or an appropriate environment. Now, what I mean by that is an area that's completely protected off where no one's gonna step on them, a big Labrador or big dog's not gonna step on them. You wanna make sure it's a safe area and there's a heat source. Now, with heat sources, please make sure that it's plugged in, that it's safe, that the cord isn't actually in so the puppies and kittens can't chew on it. You also wanna make sure not to overheat neonates. This is one of the biggest mistakes I see in the ER vet. People will put them on some type of light source or a heating source. And remember, a normal neonate's temperature is 97 to 98 degrees. You wanna make sure to have an area where the neonate can crawl away from that heat source. So I like to have heat lamps or hot water bottles or warm towels to help increase the ambient temperature, which should be about 90 degrees Fahrenheit. We wanna make sure not to make them too warm because that can actually result in thermal burns or severe dehydration. So again, have an area where that poor little neonate can crawl away from that heat source if they get too warm. You also wanna make sure there's appropriate humidity in the environment. So maybe a nearby humidifier. We wanna make sure the humidity of that area is approximately 55 to 66%. We wanna make sure to have a clean environment. So having newspapers that you can throw away, clean towels, hand sanitizers. You'd be surprised how much kittens and puppies will defecate. Now, depending on how old the neonate or the pediatric patient is, you wanna make sure to have an appropriate diet. Please do not use goat milk or cow's milk or whatever other random recipes you find on the internet for puppies and kittens. There are AFCO, A-A-F-C-O, approved milk replacers for both dogs and cats. So Espelac or KMR. You also wanna make sure that you're adjusting the amount that you're bottle feeding based on the gram weight of the pet, which is why you have to have that gram scale to begin with. The next important thing you wanna have is just a soft, damp cotton ball. So you wanna have a big stock of this because you're gonna have to clean the perineal area to stimulate that neonate to urinate or defecate. And this should ideally be done every two to three hours, especially after nursing. 
Now, when in doubt, talk to your veterinarian or the foster organization of how often you should be bottle feeding. Typically, it's going to be one to two hours, depending on the age of the puppy or the kitten. As they get older, you can spread that out more as long as they're gaining weight. Now, my general rule is I'll always start with an AFCO-approved kitten or puppy milk replacer. Make sure you pick the right one for the right species. But I will start to offer dry food at typically three to four weeks of age. I will also start to offer some type of appropriate dog or cat food or kitten or puppy food And I'll gruel it down with some of the milk replacer because the sooner we can get that kitten or that puppy eating, the easier it will be for you so you don't have to bottle feed. I also like to have a new bottle of K-Road syrup. In an emergency, if I'm worried about a low blood sugar, I can always give a little bit of K-Road syrup orally. Now, there are some times if you have a really young neonate that has a poor suckle reflex, in other words, it doesn't want to suckle, you can't bottle feed it, you do need to talk to your veterinarian about potentially tube feeding. This sounds really scary, but it's easier to do than you think. And this is actually when we use a feeding tube and insert it into your cat or puppy's esophagus and we give the milk replacer that way. So we're gonna give it through a syringe. This is a little bit harder to do. There are some potential risks from it where you can put it down the wrong tube and they get really bad pneumonia. But in some situations, we will do this in the first few weeks of life. And typically we'll feed every two to three hours, depending on how old the kitten is or how sick the pet may be. So again, When it comes to caring for neonatal puppies and kittens, we want to make sure that we're providing the correct environment. So having an appropriate nest that's safe, that has a heat source, that has adequate humidity, that has a crawl away area where they can cool down. We always want to make sure we're using appropriate hygiene. So washing our hands with soap and water before handling and after handling them. We want to make sure we're weighing our neonate at least two to three times a day, if not more. If the mom's not available to provide milk or to nurse, making sure we use an appropriate AFCO milk replacer for the kitten or the puppy, and ideally that should be done every two hours. Making sure we're stimulating the kitten or the puppy to urinate or defecate with a damp cotton ball. Making sure we keep the nest or that environment clean and dry. And again, removing any feces or any kind of bodily fluids, making sure we have appropriate heat sources, making sure there aren't electrical cords where they can bite into it, making sure we use a sturdy, shallow bowl as the puppy becomes approximately three weeks of age so we can gruel it down with puppy or kitten food, making sure to offer dry food constantly once they're over three weeks of age just to encourage them to start eating, making sure we keep our neonates away from other pets so there's no infectious diseases that are transmitted or they don't get physically injured or stepped on. When in doubt, seeking veterinary care if you notice any abnormalities. If your puppy or kitten isn't eating, they feel cold, their temperature is less than 97, they're not moving, They have abnormal discharge from their eyes or nose. They're vomiting or have diarrhea. These are all really important things that will help that neonate survive. Once your puppy or kitten gets to be about five weeks of age, please get to your veterinarian. And the main reason why is because we want to do a blood test on kittens to make sure they don't have feline leukemia. Now, typically I do that a little bit older, 
Or if I have the mother, I'll usually blood test them. But at five to six weeks of age is when I want to start that first vaccine. Remember, neonates have a really immature immune system, and they're going to get most of their antibody protection from their mother through that initial colostrum or first milk that they drank. But if you're fostering, we don't always know if they got that colostrum. We don't know if their mother survived. So when in doubt, we want to get them vaccinated as soon as possible. So that's going to be at five to six weeks of age. Now, keep in mind, I still see a lot of mistakes when people are vaccinating pets. Just like if you had a two-legged human kid, they have to go to the pediatrician really frequently in the beginning for six months of their life. Well, same exact thing with kittens and puppies. They need a vaccine every three to four weeks, starting at five to six weeks of age. And they're going to get that until they're approximately 14 to 22 weeks of age. That's exactly what I did with my kitten. That's exactly what I did with my own puppy. If it's over four weeks of age, we oftentimes have to start the vaccine booster again. It is so important that you realize that one vaccine doesn't do anything. In other words, it doesn't do anything to prevent parvovirus or panleukopenia. That first vaccine is really important, but the reason why it's important is because it's the initial stimulation to respond to the second vaccine, which is why one vaccine never protects completely. That's why you must go back for the booster. Now, I always believe for pet socialization, it's really important to keep kittens with their mother till at least eight weeks of age. And for puppies, I'm going to say at about 10 weeks of age. It's really important because they're going to learn a lot from their mother. Now, if these are orphan kittens, you want to try to socialize them as much as possible to help minimize any behavioral problems down the line. Once your kitten or your puppy is greater than 14 weeks of age, that's when we're going to make sure they're rabies vaccinated. When in doubt, I know it takes so much dedication, so many sleepless nights, so much work to take care of young neonates. But by doing all this and knowing what their physical exam findings are, knowing that they're different, making sure we can provide a safe environment for them, learning how to bottle feed them or even tube feed them if necessary, and making sure they have appropriate veterinary care, a lot of these puppies and kittens can survive. Again, a huge shout out to any of you guys who are fostering puppies and kittens out there. We love you as veterinarians because I know it takes so much work. So thank you for all that you do to everyone out there who's helping save dogs and cats. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at Dr. Justine Lee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making ER Vet possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.